Hey, I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. This week kicks off our three-week series, Bright Eyes. Bright Eyes are great because they capture the essence of knowing something is coming, something special. This week, special guest Chuck Ward from Mana International joins us as we talk about the future of our compassion efforts here at Valley Point Church. Good morning, and I'm so glad that you're at Valley Point today as we launch this new experience called Bright Eyes. And there may be nothing better in life than an individual who has bright eyes, eyes that are alert, eyes that are looking, eyes that are interested, eyes that kind of communicate to the world that I am awake and I am ready for action. Bright eyes. I think back to the Olympics and gymnast Gabby Douglas, who won a couple of gold medals in London, and everybody remembers her for her bright smile, but she also has bright eyes. Eyes that told the world, I am ready, I'm here, and I'm going to win. This past week, we celebrated Caden, our six-year-old son's sixth birthday. And it's great giving your kids presents, right? Because their eyes get really, really big. And so here's Caden, and he opened up some gifts like Batman and Captain America. And I don't even know who the other guy is, but when he opened those things up, guess what he had? Bright eyes, yeah. I've had the privilege of being involved in several weddings this summer. And it's always fun as a pastor to stand on the stage next to the groom and to watch the whole ceremony begin and watch as bridesmaids come in and groomsmen and everybody else and then all of a sudden she appears. It's the bride in all of her glory and all of her beauty and you look over at the groom and guess what he's got? Bright eyes, like that's her. Wow, bright eyes. There may be nothing better in life than an individual who has bright eyes, eyes that are just awake. And what is true of individuals is also true of organizations. It's also true of churches. There may be nothing better in life than an organization or a church that has bright eyes, eyes that are alert, eyes that are interested, eyes that are looking, eyes that tell the world We are awake and we are ready for action. Bright eyes. Guess what, Valley Point? I believe God wants us to be that kind of church. A church that just has bright eyes, that's communicating to everybody around us. We are here, we are awake, and we're ready for whatever God has for us. God wants us, God wants Valley Point, God wants this faith community to have those kinds of eyes. So here's what we're going to do. Over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about how we need to open our eyes up to what God is doing in and through us and how he can use us to impact the lives of other people. But it all starts with us having bright eyes. And so so today we're going to kind of focus in and we're going to have bright eyes toward compassion. 
our compassion to others, our ability and our willingness to go serve and love other people. And that's what we want to talk about today. So to help us do that, we have a special guest with us. His name is Chuck Ward. He's from Mana Worldwide. And so would you please help me welcome to the stage, Chuck Ward. Thanks, Chuck. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it, man. Well, Chuck, welcome to Valley Point, and I know it's been several years since you've been here, and some people know you and remember you, but there's a whole lot of people here who have never seen you before. So before we jump into what you do with MANA and your organization there, just tell us a little bit about you, your family, and where you live. Okay, I've been in the ministry for 31 years, Um, uh, actually full-time in the ministry for 31 years. Been married for 32 years this past March to my lovely wife, Carla. And, um, and so I've got two children, two girls. I've got um, Sierra, who is 23, just graduated from college back in May. Yay. Uh, I got one through, got one more to go. I've got a 17-year-old, so pray for me. I've got a senior in high school. Yes, I'm 50, almost 55 with a 17-year-old. We waited a while to have kids, but uh, she is, uh, she's a daddy's girl, but uh, I, I miss them. Uh, but uh, those, my two girls there, very, very proud of them. And, um, but, uh, just love being, in, I'll tell you in just a few minutes, a little bit about manna, but I uh, love to be here. Appreciate your church, your support, your church has been supporting me for, uh, almost a little, about nine years now, nine and a half years and appreciate the support, uh, that your church has given to, to my family. Been very, very faithful over the last nine, nine and a half years. That's great. And Chuck lives in Texas. Can anybody tell that? <laughs> yeah. Does that stick out a little bit? All just right. one, just, just one. one. So. So Chuck, you work with MANA Worldwide, and this is an organization that's doing some incredible things around the world. Can you just tell us a little bit about what you do? Okay. Uh, MANA is a ministry that um, actually started, uh, we're about to next month going to start our 11th year with this ministry. Uh, MANA started with a dear friend of mine. His name is Bruce O'Neill, Bruce and Pam. Uh, We're missionaries in the Philippine Islands, and, you know, God really laid on their heart um, a type of people that otherwise were very difficult to reach, and that is the poverty-stricken, and mostly children. Um, They're in Manila at some 25 million people, second largest city in the world. And so God laid on Bruce and Pam's heart these children that were on the streets that were begging for, for food. Every day they'd go through these areas and they'd see these kids that were just begging. I mean, they'd come up and wash their windows wanting money so they could get some money to go get some food. And so God laid on their heart these people. And so he came up with this idea about starting a feeding center. And so he went into this area, and it's called Antipolo. It's kind of like a suburb of, 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 of Manila. And so he came, actually came back to the United States. He raised some more support to feed these children, and he started a feeding program. He thought, you know what? If I go into this area and feed these children, just possibly I could reach them with the gospel and their parents as well. And what Bruce found out by starting a feeding center there, he was. He, he met their physical needs, but every day when they would go be fed, um, he would teach them about the love of Jesus Christ, and he, he taught them the uh, scripture memory, and before you know it, Bruce had a church established there. Um, within a year, they were running over 200. Today, they're running over 750 in the church. Um, today, they're feeding about 250 kids in this feeding center, and so he did this for about three years, and a lot of missionaries around the world heard about this idea of starting a feeding program, and so they would contact Bruce and say, how did you do it? So Bruce knew there was some needs out there. Uh, He saw that other missionaries felt the same things that he did, wanting to reach the poverty-stricken. 
And, um, you know, Bruce, I'll never forget, he he quoted a verse for me, and it was found in uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 35. It says that you must support the weak, speaking to Christians. And then in the latter part of that verse, it says, remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how it said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so he knew that there was needs out there to support the weak people around the world, and especially who could be more weak than children. And so he came up with this idea of starting a ministry that could partner through the churches and through the, through the missionaries on the foreign fields. And so uh, 11 years ago next month, he started this ministry of Manor Worldwide, and he, he launched it. He didn't know where it was going to take him. Uh, he just started presenting it in churches, and it just so happens the next month he was in my church. I was the executive pastor at a church in Tyler, Texas, and... Um, he came in there, and like I said, Bruce and I grew up together. We were, we were in the, out of the same church in Fort Worth, and um, we've known each other for many, many years. And so he was sharing his new passion with me, and he asked me, he said, Chuck, why don't you take a trip with me, and let's go to Cambodia. We're going to start the very first feeding center and church. And so I went to Phnom Penh, Cambodia, uh, over the Christmas break that year, just a couple months later. And we started a feeding center. He started a feeding center there. And then we were, I was there the very first church service. The week before, there was a feeding center. The next week, a church started. And it was just an open building. It was all open on the side. And it roofed tin roof. And over 500 people showed up the very first service. And I'll never forget that day. And, and I mean, it was packed. There was no seats for us. We stood in the back. And we shared the love of Christ to those people, and they were searching. These people were just searching. But they came because Bruce and his ministry of manna were meeting their physical needs. Mm. And we gave an invitation to people who would like to accept Jesus, and 75 people that morning trusted Christ. Mm. And so I just knew at that time, I, you know, I wasn't looking to leave my position. I wasn't looking to join a ministry. But after the service, Bruce walked up to me at the back of the service, and he asked me this. He said, Chuck, what do you think of Manna Worldwide? And I thought, what a great ministry to start churches, have a place for children to be fed, but more importantly, to by meeting their physical needs. And he said, he told me this. He said, Chuck, he said, I'm glad you said this because, you know, I, I just feel led to ask you if you would consider helping us with this ministry. And so uh, I, my wife was not on this trip. Um, so I had to go back and share this ministry with my wife and I'll never forget my wife shared with me she said Chuck we met in Bible college and she said I never told you that I surrendered as a 16 year old girl in a summer camp for missions and she said now she said I I, I met a pastor a youth pastor and fell in love with him she goes but now as God has given me my desire of my heart Mm. to be a missionary and so two weeks later I resigned uh, my position, been with MANA ever since, since January 2002. So this coming January will be 11 years for my family. And I, I've been in 43 countries in the last uh, almost 11 years, been able to see this ministry grow. Today we're in 38 countries around the world. Um, we have over 130 works working with missionaries all over the world, mostly feeding centers. We've branched out. We have 15, 16, now 16 orphanages we work with. And we also have uh, three medical centers that we started. So that's kind of the history of MANA. And um, mm-hmm. loving it, uh, just been on a roll, and God's just been blessing. But great to be here, a part of the, uh, how your church has helped our ministry in the, mm-hmm. in the last several years as well, too. Can we just take a moment and thank God for what he's doing around the world? It's just awesome to hear this. Yeah. 
Chuck, you mentioned feeding centers, and we have a partnership with a missionary in Russia. His name is Buddy Thigpen, and you've met Buddy, and you've been there, and we've taken groups to see Buddy as well in Russia. And he was here a couple of months ago, so we had the chance to interview him. And I want us to watch this because he talks about feeding centers and his relationship with manna. So let's check this out. From time to time, people are interested in hearing how in the world I got to Russia and why Russia. I don't know how many times in life I've been asked, why in the world did you choose that country to be a missionary in? Well, first of all, you ought to know that uh, I pastored a church uh, for 13 years before I ever became a missionary. But in those early days when the walls were coming down around Eastern Europe, it was the most exciting time I had ever seen for the church. I thought this would be the greatest opportunity for the church to do missions that I had ever seen in my life. Overnight, 250 million people became accessible to us that were not accessible the night before. And I thought, what a great opportunity to do missions, not knowing that God would be calling me to go and work there in that great field. And that's been 21 years ago now. We are actually, we've been in Russia longer than any other missionaries that have been there. In the 21 years since the walls have come down, a lot of missionaries have gone, a lot of them have come back to America because it's such a difficult place to work in. And God has seen fit to give us a door of opportunity in working with a lot of people who are in need. I think if we look at the life of Jesus, the Bible says he went about doing good. He went about doing things that were good. He would find people and he'd feed them. He'd find people that were sick and he'd heal them. He'd find people that were distressed and he would relieve their distress. I remember the first time I went in, into Russia, I didn't really know what to do. So I asked God for some wisdom, and I went to the mayor of the city. And I said, how can we help you? I'm an ambassador from America. How can I help you? And he took us to the first orphanage that I ever went into. And we began working in orphanage. We began an orphanage ministry wherein we go and do whatever we can to help children with their needs for food, clothing, vitamins, medicine, uh, school supplies, construction, whatever it takes in an orphanage, that's what we'll do. Uh, we began a, uh, several years ago feeding centers. We went into a village one night and we looked out on the streets and we noticed that there were children everywhere and it was dark and we wondered, where are these children's parents? And we asked them and they didn't know. And so we began feeding centers. Feeding centers are a place where children can come, and they know two things about these feeding centers. Number one, they know where they can get something to eat. And number two, they know they can go to a place and find a place to sleep if there's not one at their home or if they've, they've, their parents have thrown them away. They'll know that. We became acquainted with the ministry of manna, and manna began, uh, Chuck Ward came over and, and began to work with us and talk with us. And we talked to him about ministry. And manna began to partner with our ministry there as well. And manna has done so much. I, I will say this, we would not have been able to do 
any of the work that we've done without the partnership that manna has brought to the table for us. All of these things we do to help people, to help children, to help their parents, to, to do to all of those things to help, but our one goal is to funnel them to Christ more than anything else. About a year ago, I had the opportunity to go with a team from Valley Point to visit with Buddy, and the passion that's there for serving others is incredible. And it reminds me of a verse in James chapter 1 that talks about pure religion is taking care of orphans. And Buddy is certainly doing that with his team there and with the partnership with Mana. So you've been there. Tell us a little bit about your experience in Russia. Well, I think the, the, my experience uh, was really the, what brings back memories was the first time I went. And um, your church had contacted me about uh, going and meeting Buddy there in um, uh, in Russia, and I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't want to go, <laughs> I'll be honest, because right during that time, there was a lot of tension between Chechnya and, and the Russian people, and um, there was a lot of violence, and, um, and so I tried not to go, but your church kept saying, you know what, you got to go, you got to go, and I'm so glad I went uh, and meet Buddy, I'll never forget the first trip that I went, uh, Buddy took us into a, a, an orphanage that he was trying to get into, and I, I met the, the curator, the overseer of that. It was a lady, and she was, uh, um, she was from the OKJB, and um, just kind of a rough lady. Um, but you know what? She was so open to us. She said, you know, at that time, I, I realized that those children didn't have any indoor plumbing. And think about that. These are children, Russian orphans, that didn't have any kind of indoor plumbing. And so we were trying to come up with some way to assist and help. And, and I know through Buddy's ministry and man, we were able to... Uh, in your church, we're able to um, put some plumbing in there, and and you know just by doing that, made Buddy's ministry be able to go in there and share the gospel with those kids. I've talked to Buddy many times. You know, on a, on a daily basis, there's like 650 orphans that he's able to go in and minister to, and through the feeding centers and all that. Um, and Buddy's just done a wonderful job, and so our partnership has grown over the last several years. And I am so glad, you know, I think back and look at, you know, what if I hadn't have gone, you know, and to hear what, you know, hear a, a testimony like Buddy just said that if it wasn't for Manna's ministry, mm. you know, that we wouldn't have been able to do all that. It just makes me feel good. So part of our dream and vision as a church is that we want to have a feeding center that we support and that we own mm so that we can be involved in God's work around the world. Can you talk to us about how valuable that is and what that would accomplish if we said, we want to chase this and we want our own feeding center? Well, when you, when you start a feeding center in an area, um, you are show, what you're doing, it's just like in scriptures, when Jesus walked around, he met people's physical needs first. And so what he's doing, he was doing, he was saying, I'm here to help you. And that's what we are. We are being ambassadors to those people in this area. We are there showing Christ's love to those people. So when you start a feeding center in a particular area, it shows that you really care about them. It's not just starting and opening up a church and inviting people to come. Mm. You're actually ministering to those people. You're meeting their needs first, just like Jesus did in Scripture. And what it does and what we've seen throughout all the world, it doesn't matter where it is, in Russia or Haiti or, or Guatemala or wherever, um, it just shows that you care for those people, and then they in turn will come to church. Same thing here. If you go out into the areas around here, I know your church does outreach ministries. 
And so you show that you care for them, then when it comes to time for them to look for a church, they're going to come to a church that shows Christ's love. You're ministering to those people out there. So it's a great way to reach people with the gospel. We've got one more video from Buddy where he talks about a Valley Point feeding center, and I think you guys are really going to be inspired with this, so let's watch this. Our relationship with Valley Point Church is like no other relationship I know between missionary and church anywhere in the world. It is so unique. You guys have become a part of what we do. I actually feel like a member of Valley Point Church in Russia. And you guys have become so ingrained in what we do, we feel like we're just a part of who you are. One of the exciting things that is in the future for us and that you are doing right now is you are owning a feeding center in Smolensk, Russia, 5,000 miles from where you sit. You own a feeding center. It's yours. Its success or failure depends on you, your passion, your heart, your desire. What we do in the future for those kids, it's all going to be you. It's Valley Point Church. We could call it Valley Point Feeding Center. We feel that strongly about what you're doing there. What we've done in the past is wonderful. What we're going to do in the future is exciting. And my desire, my, my heart's desire is that we do more and more. I don't remember who it was. I don't remember everybody that came with that group or the groups that came in those first years. But I do know this. I can go back and I can look at ministry in Russia, our ministry in Russia, and I can look at before Valley Point and after Valley Point, and ministry hinges on the days when we began to partner together. And our partnership together can do so many good things for the future. I really believe the greatest days for missions, both for us, and for Valley Point and our partnership together with you and Mana together are yet ahead. There's so many more things to do. And I know we live in a difficult time, a lot of difficulties going on in our world today, but these are the time for God to shine. Valley Point can be responsible for the feeding of children. You may never meet. You may never sit down and talk to them, may never hold, but you will be responsible, can be responsible for feeding them, for clothing them, for giving them medicines and vitamins and giving them a life that you would want for your own child. I want to thank you. Uh, if I could go to each of you individually, all of you that have come and all of you have been a part, all of you that have given and are going to give, and just sit down and thank you. I, I know my own heart. I know my own heart. I can, I can sense and feel my, my desire. I want you to know how grateful we are. And on behalf of every child that you've fed, on behalf of every child that you've clothed, on behalf of every home that you've helped put together by whatever means you've done that, on behalf of our Russian friends, I want to thank you for them. And I, I want to pray that God will give us many, many more years together. And many people will surround the throne of God from Russia because of the effort of Valley Point Church. So imagine with me for just a moment that 5,000 miles from here is a feeding center that now has our name attached to it 
and that we get the opportunity as a family to really pour into the lives of those who are much less fortunate than what we are. It's pretty powerful. And we get the opportunity to do some significant things with that. And so it's ours. It belongs to us. And we're going to begin the process of trying to figure that out. I don't know all of the details quite yet. I don't know how all of that's going to work for us, but we're beginning to think through this because I'm convinced as a leader here that God doesn't want us to just do things right here for us, which we do, and we serve our community, and we go out. But we also need to look beyond us and beyond our region and think about orphans and people who have tremendous needs. And we have the ability to feed them and clothe them and educate them and do some wonderful things in their lives. And so we've got a Valley Point Feeding Center now that's depending on us and will exist because of what we share with them. And here's what I know about Valley Point. We're very generous. This is a place filled with generous people, and we're going to have the opportunity in the days ahead to really pour into that feeding center, and I can't wait just to share more with you about that. So it's coming. We've got a feeding center 5,000 miles from here, and it's going to be fun to watch what God does right there. So Chuck, you've been on a couple of trips with groups from Valley Point to Panama and to Guatemala. Mm -hmm. What do you remember of our group from those trips? Well, it even goes back to Russia. Um, I tell you, the one thing that I love about your church, it's everybody's involvement mm -hmm. um, from the beginning. Because usually when I take, I take hundreds of trips, I've taken hundreds of trips, I take about 16, 17 trips like this that I've taken your church on every single year. And what I love about Valley Point churches trips is um, I don't have to do a whole lot of preparation. Your church, I mean, it's so organized um, from your missions team contacting me. Um, I mean, Rachel Teal and I have been, we talk every single day before we get to take a trip. Um, she's just such organization skills. And, and then once you get on the trip, um, it's just unbelievable to see how everybody's involvement. I mean, the last two years we've done uh, building trips where they built playgrounds and medical trips where we take doctors. And uh, I'm telling you, everybody has a part in uh, the trip and in the ministry. They have their own pos you know, position that they're in charge of. And it just flows so great. And then the camaraderie among everybody, I tell you, it's just a bonding that everybody, um, I, I mean, I just felt the love of your church when I'm there on the trips. Uh, it's every trip. I mean, from the trips to Russia the last two years. And I, I mean, I, I, it's probably my favorite trip of the year that I look forward to now just because of that. I tell you, I just love your church and what it, what it does uh, just for my life mm. uh, when I take trips. So That's you got a great, great church, great trips, and looking forward to many more. It's great. And just to let you guys know, in the next ministry season, we're going to be presenting two different trips that you'll have the opportunity to consider. In the winter or spring of 2013, we're going to take a trip to Central America, and we're trying to work all those details out. We don't have the exact place quite yet, but we're working with Chuck to land the plane on where we will go and where we will serve. So that one is coming. And then in the fall of 2013, we're going to go back to Russia and serve with Buddy and his team there. So in addition to having that feeding center and sponsoring that and owning that, we have these two trips 
that are coming this next year. And I'm just really, really thrilled about how God is going to take different people and people who have already gone to go back because they just love doing this and you know who you are and how God is going to really whisper into the hearts of people who have never been on a trip outside of the country. And God's going to start saying some things to you about going either to Central America or to Russia and just give your life away. And these are going to be some incredible trips. And what I've discovered as I've gone on these is you, you often approach him, Chuck, and you've probably had people talk to you about this, that you know, you're going and you're sensing that you're going to really impact people on the other side. But what happens is that you get there and you get to interact with an orphan or someone who just doesn't have much or someone who's hurting and struggling and you get to play with them or make their day bright or feed them or give them something that we take. And it does something in you. It really changes you. It inspires you and you come back a totally different person. So these trips are coming And I believe that 2013 is going to be a significant visionary year in terms of our compassion efforts and going and serving and loving others. So, Chuck, our strategy here is pretty simple. It's pointing people to real relationships, Mm -hmm. a real relationship with God and a real relationship with other people that then inspires us to do significant things with our lives. And I think for most of our crowd, that's going to be right here in Delaware Valley. It's where we live and work and go to school. But this is where God has planted us. So you uniquely talk about going over there, and that's a lot of your heart. But again, most of us are are right here. So can you just speak to the value of being on mission right where you're planted? Well, um, I always tell the church that, you know, it doesn't matter where you are, you're still in a mission field. When we walk out these doors, it is our mission field. When you go to school tomorrow or next week, whenever you start back to school, that's your mission field. When you go to your, your job tomorrow, that's your mission field. You know, I get, to, I get to go a lot overseas. That's my mission field, but that's not my only mission field. Um, you know, I, I, I traveled here yesterday on a plane, um, and it's a long flight. And so I always look and I always pray before I go on a plane, God, give me somebody, first of all, that doesn't smell that's beside me. Um, <laughs> but then I also, I always pray this. I say, um, God, give me somebody that I can talk to because, wow, what a mission field. You know, you're stuck with somebody beside you for a long time. And even yesterday, um, the lady just started speaking to me and asked me what I was doing here. And I had a privilege of telling her, sharing my ministry. I've had many opportunities. And so I look at every day as an opportunity um, to be on a mission field. Um, I am no different than anybody in here. I, I feel I am no different um, because just that God has called me to other places doesn't mean that I am any different. We're all called to take the gospel to people, to all nations around the world. And, um, and so a lot of people, this is their nation. This is right here in the Delaware Valley that we're, you're called to, to take the gospel to people all around us. So I just think that every one of us have a responsibility. Just to wrap this up for us, what's one of the greatest wishes that you have for Valley Point Church and the church in general? Well, you know, there's a, there's a scripture. It's found in Proverbs 29:18. It says this in the first part. It says, where there is no vision, the people will perish. 
And you know, when, I, when you think about that, it's, just, it's kind of a sad verse. Unless somebody shares the gospel with somebody, then they're just going to perish. They're going to go to hell. But then if you turn that verse around, it says, where there is vision, the people will not perish. If somebody's got a vision, and I think about the ministry of manna, how if it wasn't for Bruce O'Neill and his wife, there's two people that started this ministry and started this vision and, and they started it 11 years ago, actually started about 13, 14 years ago when they started their ministry in, in, in the Philippine Islands. And today, because of two people's vision, look what's taking place around the world. And I took a trip, I caught the vision, and now I am a part of the vision of Manor Worldwide. And I look out at the congregation this morning and I see a lot of people. And I think, you know what, if only just a few of us catch a vision to serve God and to reach people with the gospel, what could take place here in this church? Um, you know, I had an opportunity about five years ago to take a trip with 14 teenagers and, um, to Romania. And um, I'll, I'll never forget, they caught the vision of serving God there in Romania. And, you know, when you get people out of their environment, that's why I always challenge and encourage people to take teenagers on trips and to go on trips because God will speak to you on a mission trip and he will cast a vision for you that unlike you will ever know until you take a, and take, take a mission trip. But these 14 teenagers one night got around a building that was for sale mm -hmm. and asked God to give that building to that church. And within six weeks, that building was, was bought and paid for by those teens and one other church. And because of their vision, they caught there. Then today, five years later, that church was running 30. Today, they're running over 350. They're in that building. There's a feeding center that runs 150 people. And I look at that, and I think, wow, that's a great thing, but there's kind of an icing on the cake. Five of those teenagers five years ago surrendered to be missionaries, and three of them today are in Bible college, preparing for the mission field, catching a vision. And I look out here, and I think, if only, if only 14 of us caught a vision to serve God, what could take place at Valley Point Church? And what if everybody caught the vision to serve God and to reach people with the gospel? What could take place? Well, Chuck, it's just a great honor and a privilege to have you here today. Thanks for taking the time to come up to the great Northeast and spend time with Valley Point and really just excited about our growing friendship with you personally and also with MANA Worldwide. And it's going to be fun to see what God does with our community here and how we're going to be able to link arms with you and Mana and touch the world. So thank you. And will you help me thank Chuck for taking time to be here? Appreciate you. Thanks. Thanks. So I've got to give you guys some takeaways, right? Like we can't leave without some takeaways. So two of them for you before we walk out the door. Here's the first one. Every day, every day, Every day, be on mission. And this is something that we're beginning to think through and something that we're beginning to stress, that us being missional isn't just about what happens on Sunday. Certainly, this is a missional thing, and we should be involved in this, and this is inspiring and compelling, hopefully, for all of us. But it's about leaving here, and Monday through Saturday, being on mission wherever it is that God has planted us. And again, God calls some people to go far away and take the truth of Christ and share that with other people. But for the majority of us, we're right here. And we're going to get up tomorrow and we're going to go to work 
or we're going to interact with the people that are a part of our world, or we're going to go to school. And we must begin to think about being on mission all of the time. Here's what I dream about. I dream about the day where every single person who walks through these doors walks out and has a strong sense that every place I go and every one I touch has been given to me by God and I must be on mission all of the time and be a bright light. And I think if we got that and we really got captured with that and thrilled about that, that we would be a bright light in this community and beyond. So every day, every day, every day, be on mission. Here's the second takeaway, and that is next trip. Is it time for you? Maybe you've never thought about going on a trip because you think that's for other people or people who like that and get enthused about jumping on a plane and traveling far away and serving others, but that's not something that energizes you. I want you just to be open, and I want you to allow God to whisper into your heart about considering the next trip. And again, we've got two of them coming, so a lot of opportunities in 2013 either to go to Central America and touch lives there or to travel to Russia and touch lives there. So I want you to be open and in the days ahead, you're gonna be hearing some information about when these trips are and what the cost is gonna be and what's involved. And I don't want you just to think that that's for somebody else. I want you to think about you and maybe it's just time. It's just time for you to think about doing something very significant with your life and going and serving and loving other people. And all of this, all of this, here's what it does. It gives us really bright eyes when we're on mission every day or when we consider going over there. It gives us really bright eyes, eyes that tell the world, I am awake and ready for action, ready for God's action. Father, we're just so thankful for a little bit of time here to think about what you want to say to us about compassion. And God, when we look at the life of Jesus and when he came and when he lived and when he moved around, he was so compassionate. He loved people and he served them and he talked to them. He fed them. He did so many compassionate things. And God, often that is the pathway That is the road to helping other people understand that there is a God who cares about them. And you even talk about in scripture, when we do these kinds of things like give water or meet a physical need, and when we do that in the name of Christ, there's something that engages people to open their hearts to you. And so, God, we want to do more and more of this. God, give us bright eyes. Eyes that don't just move through life and do the next thing and just kind of exist and whatever happens, happens. God, help us to have bright eyes that are alert and interested and looking and tell the world around us that we are awake and ready for action. And God, I believe you're looking for those kinds of eyes. And so I pray that you'd start right here 
at Valley Point. Start in me. God, give me these kinds of eyes that are awake and ready. And God, for everybody here, I pray the same. Help us to be on mission every single day. And God, I also pray that you'd help all of us, every single person, to think about that next trip. And maybe it's time for us. God, I thank you for Chuck, and I just want to pray for him now and his wife and his two daughters. Bless them. Certainly, Chuck has to travel a lot, and he's away from his family, so just protect them, we do pray. Bless his work for manna across the world, God. Use them to be a bright light, we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m.